0: Whether you're a professional athlete or a seasoned corporate executive, it is easy to enjoy a lifestyle where a paycheck is calling all the shots. But is that sustainable forever? Welcome to Tell Your Boss I Quit with Pete Gudekunst, founder of Good Financial Services and financial planner with Raymond James. Pete helps you financially bridge from the journey you've started through the life goals you've imagined. Sooner or later, by force or by choice, life takes turns listen as pete discusses how to take charge and make your move on your terms with confidence
1: your credit score tells potential lenders a lot about you but it may not be accurate do you know your score do you know how to check it is there more than just one score and how can you improve it well pete goodekunst has a special guest to help navigate this murky world of credit scores pete Tell us about Megan Getz. Yes, hello everyone, and uh, thanks, thanks for that intro, uh, Patrice and Megan Getz. I'm really excited for our guest today. It's always wonderful to share uh, and introduce people to members of our team. And Megan Getz is uh, a member of the Good Financial Services team. Uh, she has a background in in uh, finance and in uh, banking, and one of the special aspects she brought to the firm is navigating credit. And we've had this conversation with numerous clients. And so I thought it would be great to, to introduce her and, and share that special expertise. So Megan, uh, you know, it's welcome and it's great to have you have you on our podcast. And uh, before we get started, though, just tell us a little bit about your background. Tell us your, your story and how you came to be at Good Financial Services.
2: Thanks, Pete. Um, yeah, I started going to college to become an English teacher and while I was going through college, I was working part-time at a credit union and just really fell into the role there and really loved it. And after two years, I wanted to take a little bit of of a break because English didn't seem like it was really going to pan out for me. So I actually moved into the lending department at a credit union and spent about two years there, taught myself how to read credit understand credit, cross-sell loans to help save people money, and even underwrite loans. Um, And all of that knowledge kind of culminated and worked in my favor to get me a promotion into a lending specialist position where I could use that to help further educate other people and our customers on how to Get the best credit that they possibly could have you know we're giving them loans but it, more than anything we're giving them advice and opportunity to to really grow and get better loans in the future and then the pandemic hit and for me i think that was a real turning point i loved what i did um, it was helping people's always been my number one passion but i realized that that we couldn't help people when they needed it the most and for me, that was just a signal that I needed to move on. Um, if we can't help people in, in the toughest of times when they've lost everything and you know they kind of feel helpless, then what what really can we do? So, I started looking for a job. First one I applied to was this one, and oh, I, I didn't know that. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and so everything went well. I met Pete. Is I. Bonded with him on the sole fact that we both love to help people. And so I thought, now's the time to make a switch. I can bring that knowledge with me anywhere I go in life. It's not going to disappear. I can still use it to help people, but I can learn more and help people in other ways too. So I've been here for almost two years now and I love it.
1: Great. Well, that's, 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 yeah,
2: I'm not being paid to say that.
1: (laughs) Well that's thank you thanks for sharing that and I didn't know that I didn't know we so you know sometimes you, we we we're we're blessed to have met you and and so grateful that you're here and it's been a a great addition to the firm so that that's that's great to know and and with that english background i think you said educate and talking with clients and i find that that's a very valuable skill so you have a knowledge and we'll we'll kind of dive into that knowledge but you also have a way of communicating and making it understandable and i think that's where our clients have really appreciated, and I know uh, that's how I feel about having you here among so many other talents that you have. Um, but we've talked about it. We have clients; they're buying new cars, they're mortgaging or refinancing their house loan, um, and I don't know. They, you know, even here, we we do securities-based lines of credit, and all of these things require us to check their credit to do a, a credit check. So, can just give us a kind of a, a quick. What is your your credit score, and why does it matter so much?
2: Yeah, so the best comparison that I have over these years is the same way that a university is going to ask a high school student for their transcript. A lender is going to ask a potential um, borrower for their credit report. So mm. the way that a transcript works, it shows you um, your timeliness how intelligent you are, your ability to multitask, and the level to which you like to challenge yourself, among other things. And likewise, a credit report shows a lender, your timeliness, um, how much you repay, how much you're borrowing, how quick you are to borrow, and sometimes it even shows your likelihood of bankruptcy. So... It kind of gives them everything that they need to get a grasp of who you are and who you have been as a borrower to decide whether or not they want to lend to you. Now, the actual credit score aspect of it is just a numeric digit that's assigned to you based upon an algorithm that that credit bureau made up. So... There's three bureaus, um, TransUnion, Experian, and Equifax, and they all have their own Vantage Score model, and it's their Mm -hmm. own algorithm that they've made within their own unique credit bureau to kind of determine- who you are as a lender and assign a score to that.
1: Okay. Um, And that's kind of like your GPA.
2: (laughs) Exactly. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) But you can go back and fix this even when you're 50. (laughs) Oh,
1: okay. You can hack the computer and change your grades. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. So most places actually don't use the Vantage score. They use a FICO score, which is FICO stands for Fair Isaac Corporation. And it's just a a way more in-depth version of that algorithm that assigned you a score from 300 to 850 based on a bunch of criteria to kind of just tell a lender who pulls that score where you fall and what that means. So a lot of people won't lend like mortgages, they have a certain credit score that you have to have to even go forward in the mortgage process. I think it's usually around like 646, somewhere around there. Um, But a lot of places are like that. Most personal loans, credit cards, uh, auto loans, they don't really have a minimum as much as they care about your credit report and what's on there. So usually that credit score that you get determines your interest rate. They'll usually have like a um, different sex, like s- if you're 850 to, you know, 770, you get the best rate and mm, below okay. that the second best and so on and so forth.
1: So, you know, w- with, with the credit score, uh, you know, it dr- can draw down your interest rate and so many other factors. And uh, what are some of the things that contribute to having a higher score or a lower score? How, how would a person have that higher GPA um, or what you know, what would cause someone to have that weaker transcript?
2: Yeah, so there's five real um, things that you have to look at when looking at your credit score. The top three make up for 80% of your credit score. So that's payment history, so on-time payments, your credit utilization, so how much of your credit card you're using, and your length of credit history. The last two really only make up about 10%. And for the most part, are only for people who are in the high 700s who just want to get to the 800s. So that would be new credit amount. So the amount of credit cards or loans that you're opening, as well as your credit mix. So whether you have an auto loan, a credit card, a personal loan and a mortgage or line of credit or something like that. So the mix is 10%, not really something that you can change. You can't just decide you want a car just to add to your credit mix. Um, But its it gives a little bit of um, indication of why your score might not be in the 800s or might be a little bit lower than uh, most people.
1: So having a mix, having those different kinds of loans actually is additive or or helps your score.
2: It does. Yeah.
1: Okay. So opening when you open a new credit card, if you go to the store and they say, hey, get a new credit card and we'll give you a 10% off your purchase, does that help your score? Then you're adding a lot of little things like that.
2: If you're doing that too much, so as a rule of thumb, I always tell people don't open a new loan more than six months or after less than six months from your prior loan. Okay. So don't open a new loan if you've just had one in the last four months, last three months, anything like that. And people often don't realize that when it comes to credit cards, they're not thinking, wait, I just opened one but that mm-hmm. does actually play not only a, a role in your credit score, but if, if you're an underwriter looking at that and you're seeing too many cards opening, you're not going to approve them for the loan that they're just applying for. You want to really put some time under their wings with that and see how they do. And then you might consider them in the future. So it really plays a big role in your approval odds too.
1: Oh, interesting. Okay. All right. So, so paying on time, that's the big one. If you want to keep a good score, you want to pay on time, get a good mix, um, but not too much of a, not too frequent of a tapping, I guess. <laughs> yes. So, uh, so how do you improve it? You, 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 you said, you know, even with your 50, if you have a bad credit score, it's not too late to fix it. So what are the things that you do to fix your credit score or improve it if it's been damaged?
2: Yeah. So that is really a person by person kind of um, situation. So for the brand new lender, who's just coming out of school and really wants to start building credit history. So eventually they can you know, buy a house or buy a car without a co-signer. The best thing that you can start to do is um, get like a small credit card. But a lot of times people are unwilling to give first-time lenders a credit card on their own. So if you don't have a co-signer available, you can always do something like a secured credit card where you put $500 or a certain amount of your own money down on that, like to hold, the bank will hold it. And then you'll have a credit limit on that card of whatever money you put down. Mm. And then you can use that card, but you still want to stay within that, um, About 33% range is where is the sweet spot for credit utilization. So if you're using 33% or more, you got to start paying those cards down. So that's really for a new person. Um, It's it. It's way different if someone's, you know, has a few loans under their belt and just wants to get a higher score. What I do love is that places like Credit Karma will really personalize suggestions for you based on your what you have out there. So, if you have a collections account, it's really going to improve your score if you got that collections account placed on your credit report in the last 2 years. If you pay that off, it's going to help bring your score up significantly. After two years, it doesn't actually help your credit score too much. Um, It may actually help your approval odds, but that's if you have nothing else really out there. Um, If you're paying other loans, oftentimes underwriters will overlook that two-year-old collection account someone more seasoned really who has a good score and just kind of wants to make it better. At that point, you're really looking at those the credit utilization and your credit mix. But like I said, you can't just buy a new house just to up your credit. (laughs) So it's really something you have to think about and um, plan for, you know, if you're in the mid seven hundreds, I wouldn't worry about getting to 850. It's nice. It's like a badge of honor, but is it, always easy to achieve? No. Is it easy to keep? Definitely not. Things happen. Um, Sometimes you have to put a big charge on your credit card and that'll up your credit utilization. So it's mostly about tracking trends over time and and just having that self-reflection within your own kind of household to decide what it is that you're doing and, and not doing that's affecting your score personally. But of course, new users to new credit people trying to establish credit you're going to want to kind of focus on that top 80% the on time payments credit utilization under 33% and your length of credit history so it's really sometimes it's just a matter of waiting it out just time. and just keep yeah. paying and yeah just get mm-hmm. some time under your belt
1: yep i don't know if i ever shared this with you when when we were getting to the end of boot camp believe it or not um, my senior drill instructor said, now you're all going to get a nice big paycheck because you're getting paid when you're in Paris Island, um, but you have nothing to spend it on. So you're you're in you're in uh, basic training. And he said, Go out and buy something, buy it on time, buy a nice TV or something like that, and just to get yourself with some established credit. That was some of ad- some advice he gave us uh, when we were leaving leaving the island. So there's, you mentioned there's a, there are three main credit agencies, and uh, they track your activity. Um, just tell us a little bit about those services and how people can check their credit uh, history using those services. What can they do?
2: Yeah. So monitoring your credit score is one of the most important things that you can do for your overall credit health. Um, Especially if you're planning on taking a loan soon, like if you know you want to buy a house in three years, it's time to start working on your score now, making sure you have everything in line so that when that three-year point comes and you're stressed under the weight of buying a new house. Most stressful thing
1: we do is buy a house. That's right. (laughs) Exactly.
2: Um, So the best thing—I mean, you have so many different tools at your fingertips nowadays. My favorite is Credit Karma. They'll basically compile all of your um, all of your credit. Accounts and history and everything for you. And on a weekly basis, they'll send you an email and say, "Hey, we have a new updated credit score." It doesn't hurt your score to do this. Um, it's what we call like kind of like a soft inquiry. So if you ever get a email from your bank that says, "Oh, you you have your free credit score ready," it's a soft inquiry. Um, it doesn't hurt your score to check. It's really good just to get that information, just so you kind of know where you are. Credit Karma, for instance, uh, they use a Vantage score. So it's not a FICO score. So it's not going to be indicative of what your lender's going to pull, because like I said, they're they're more likely to pull a FICO score model eight, uh, which is the most used model. There's 53 among the bureaus. So there's no way you could possibly (laughs) know exactly what your score is at all times across all lenders. It's always going to be different. Don't freak out about it. Basically, if you can collect all that data, so if your credit card company sends you something, your bank, and then Credit Karma, you get those three scores and then you kind of have a picture over time what your score is and how to fix it. The reason I always recommend Credit Karma is just because it does give you those personalized fixes for your score. It really hones in on what Is affecting your score. So whether it's high credit utilization, so let's say you have a $10,000 credit card, a $5,000 credit card, um, and another $5,000 credit card. So you have $20,000 total in Mm -hmm. credit cards. You only want to use 33% of that. If you start using 50%, if you have $10,000 across those three credit cards, your score is going to go down. Okay. Credit Karma Mm -hmm. will recognize that right away and let you know, there are personal loans out there for you. You can consolidate debt. That's that'll help your score a lot. One thing to be careful for, of course, is not to actually get a loan through Credit Karma because <laughs> <laughs> they're getting paid to sell you something. So always good reach resource. Just be them.
1: careful what their what their end game is. Right? <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Don't buy anything from them. Use their free service and um, go from there. <laughs>
1: gotcha. Okay. Now I know you can also. I guess freeze your credit. Uh, is that is that done through the credit bureaus, or how does one do that? Because nowadays, uh, you know, sometimes your credit's damaged by others getting into it. So how do you keep track of that? And can you what can you do to to pr- try to prevent some of that?
2: Yeah, I always recommend locking your credit. I. Every night you go to sleep, you lock all of your doors, your windows, everything. So people don't get into your personal space, but you never lock your credit score. So people don't get into your personal information, which is mm. arguably scarier because you can really do a lot of damage. So Experian, TransUnion and Equifax all offer free ways to go in, freeze your credit. You'll either create a pin or they'll give you one. And then going forward, if you do need a loan, you can actually give that lender. They'll tell you what bureau they're pulling. You can give the um, corresponding PIN number and they can just unlock your report very easily, very quickly in a ah, matter so of it's seconds.
1: easy. Okay.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's probably the best thing that you can do just to make sure that your information's safe. Um, there's also a site called Check Systems. You can lock your information there as well. That kind of, um, that stops Like, I'd say, I think it's about 85 to 90% of bank account openings. So, if they can't pull your check system report to see if you owe other people, other banks, then they're not going to open an account for you. And then you're not going to be able to establish credit. So, it really helps kind of cut that off as well.
1: Okay. Well, that's great. Then, thanks for sharing that, Megan. And, and, you know, I think. This is just a sliver of things that Megan knows and how well she communicates it. So I'm glad that everyone had a chance to, to meet you and hear a little bit about that. And uh, I'll put you on the spot a little bit here because I don't get to, uh, you know, people say hi and meet you in the office. But just if, if there's something about you that no one would know just by calling into the office and talking to you, what's, what's something unique about Megan gets that would be nice to hear?
2: Nice to hear.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I put nice in there. <laughs> Good to hear. What's something interesting about you?
2: <laughs> oh.
1: You talked a lot about credit, but there's a real, there's a person in there too.
2: <laughs> you know that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of things about me that people don't know. I guess a number one thing is I went on a couple missions trips to Uganda, one of which I was 13 years old and they made me, uh, Literally hunt my own chicken for dinner that night. Oh my God. So I had to hunt a chicken and then pluck its feathers, prepare oh it, gosh. and cook it all myself at 13 years old. Wow. It was a little traumatic, <laughs> but it builds that's, character, I think. That,
1: that's right. That puts a whole new meaning to trial by fire there, I think. <laughs> well, thanks, Megan. That that was great to share. And uh, we'll be sure to put in the, the liner notes the the credit bureaus that you mentioned and just how, and maybe credit karma and a few other things and uh, helping people to secure their credit. But it's really important just to stay on top of it and, and keep track of, of where you stand. So there aren't surprises and also do what you can proactively do for yourself. So thanks for, for joining us, Megan, and please join us again for tell your boss, I quit. It's all about getting ready for retirement and knowing you can sustain your lifestyle throughout all phases of life. And certainly having good credit is a big part of that. So till next time, we'll see you here at Tell Your Boss I Quit.
0: Thank you for listening to Tell Your Boss I Quit. Click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes become available. To learn more about defining your financial purpose and how you can thrive and not sacrifice your spending in retirement, download Tell Your Boss I Quit by pete good the information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the host and or guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Raymond James this content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only the content is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial advice always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding your individual situation. Securities are offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Advisors, Inc. GOOT Financial Services is not a broker dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services.